Welcome to Paradoxically Speaking. If you're hearing this, you're not currently on one of our subscriber feeds and will only be hearing a portion of the conversation. For full episodes, consider subscribing to the Strong Stoic Newsletter or Perennial Meditations on Substack. You'll find links in the show notes. Maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe it's about unbecoming everything that isn't really you so you can be who you were meant to be in the first place. Paolo Coelho. So you and I speak pretty often about worldviews. And I did a bit of thinking on this after we decided to have an episode on it. And I think if you really think about what he's saying here, it's like worldview. People are inherently good. Another worldview, people are inherently evil and we have to learn to be good. Another worldview, people are right in the middle and you have, you, we have the capacity for both, etc. And so, who we are meant to be, if you think about that as, okay, we're inherently good and really we're becoming who we're meant to be, which is someone of virtue, and it's about shedding off the skin of everything that we're not, shedding off all that vice which is a philosophical truth, meaning maybe it's philosophically true if you follow it out. Maybe it's not literally true. Who knows? But to me, it seems to be a belief that we're inherently good. And that as we get older, as we go through tribulations in life, all of these experiences we have, it's an opportunity to, to shed off all those things that we're not and becoming who, in his opinion, is who we're meant to be, which is a good person. So that's my starting statement. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. It is, um, like strange. Like as you talked about those, those three, like inherently good, you know, the flip side of that, or, you know, a bit of both and things. It's, I don't know, fascinating to me that uh, like these different wisdom traditions all seem to really stress this idea of the good. You know, it's like, what do you focus on? Like in Buddhism, this thing of, uh, you know, Buddha nature. You know, it's like we all have that in us. Like Jesus, the kingdom of God is within you. Um. Same thing in Confucianism, you know, this thing of like sprouts, there's this parable about like a young person um, falling in a well where we all have this natural inclination to help. And I I think that's true for for all of us. Um, My young kids, like, you know, everybody, you see if there was something happened, uh, you know, a small child was in the road, oncoming traffic is coming. There's like this natural inclination to, to help. But there are like things that, that get in the way. 
like that quote of um, the the shedding stuff. Um, like to me, one of the things that gets in the way of is uh, like fear. You know, if you think there's like a small child, there's traffic coming. I have this natural inclination to help, but yet I might be faced with this like fear that I have to navigate through. And that, you know, it seems like it's one of these things that we have to, I don't know if you like let go or shed that completely, you know, but to a point of where it's manageable, you know, it's like, uh, not debilitating from the type of person that you were meant to be. It's, uh, I don't know. It's a fascinating thing how often, uh, fear, anxiety, you know, all of this different type of stuff that, that comes in that essentially, I guess, you know, we need to let go of a bit or at least like, you know, see it more, see it more clearly. But let me ask you though, what do you think about in the way of, um, like some people talk about like the first half of life and the second half of life. Like maybe the first half of life is more of this, um, like becoming like more like creating, you know, um, and then second half of life, I'm thinking, I can't quite think of the name, but there's a Richard Rohr book. Uh, I think it's falling upward where he talks quite a bit about this of, uh, you know, there's, there's certain things that. Like in the way of growing up, like as a young person, you know, you think of many people in school, you do adapt to the crowd. You know, you do like, you know, assimilate and and learn to like work together. And you, you are focused a bit on like success and achievement and, and things like that. Like maybe those are all good in a way like depending on the season of life, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think what I'd like to do is circle back a little bit to what you said, because I really, I'm really happy that you brought up fear because courage is one of the four virtues in, it's one of the four uh, cardinal virtues. And the interesting thing about the cardinal virtues is that you can really take each of those virtues and you can you can expand upon it to the point where it includes virtue as a whole. So you could you could equate virtue and courage very very simply. That's why they're they're cardinal virtues. They they hinge upon each other and all the other virtues hinge upon them as well. But you know, you're mentioning this this first first half of life. Like when you're really young, we all know young kids it's like they're unsocialized they're they're kind of crazy sometimes they do weird things they do funny things they do things that if an adult were to do it it would be really socially unaccepted like a you know yeah. i <laughs> i had my nephew uh, a few months ago over and he was we were sitting around the campfire and he was like getting up from one chair and then he was going up and standing over next to a tree and then he was coming back over and kneeling by the fireplace. Like if you and I did that, they probably call the call the you know psychiatric hospital or something. Thinking that we got to get this guy admitted. 
So when we're really young, it's like we have this natural impulse and we, we explore and we do this and that. And then we get socialized and we have to get socialized so that we can, we can fit in and not get sent to a, to a hospital. But I think we go through that phase of, of cowardice when we're teens, most of us, where we give in to peer pressure. We put on this face that we think everyone wants to see. And then over time, what, what hopefully happens is you become more courageous in the sense that you want to become more yourself. And you want to talk about what live according to nature really means. It really means living, like becoming who you actually are. And you could very easily make the argument that courage is the courage to genuinely be yourself. That's what courage ultimately means. So it's it's a very interesting thing because, you know, you're talking about this first half of life. I think a lot of times that first half of life, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily built on cowardice, but I think we tend to be a bit more uh, putting on faces that, that other people want to see as opposed to what we really are. And we get motivated by work and that kind of stuff. And, you know, life gets in the way. But to your point, there's this interesting thing that happens in the second half of life or the second life, whatever you want to call it, where people tend to realize, oh shit, half my life is already gone. I'm tired of putting on this face. I'm tired of being someone else. I'm I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not. And I want to be myself. And, and, and that's really the consequence of that often is losing friends. Sometimes you have to change jobs. It's like, it comes with this cost. But all of a sudden, the benefit becomes way, way better than 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 what you've realized. You have a different perspective on it, and uh, and yeah, I would say that that's that's fueled by by courage. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's really interesting to me the uh, like you said, becoming who you are, and I've I've written some stuff on that, and I, I wouldn't say I completely, I wouldn't say I completely understand what that is, you know? Um, but something that is like interesting to me is, uh, you know, have you heard, heard the thing of like, you have to know something really well to break the rules. I think I butchered that something, but like, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, Picasso said something like, you know, I had to like paint my whole life, to begin painting like a child, you know, it's like his stuff looks like, looks like in a way something that, you know, my daughter could do, but, it, but it's not, I mean, it's like real, like master. Um, and it, like, it makes me, as you were talking, I was thinking of, um, Ram Das, you know, this, uh, late, like spiritual teacher who, who passed a, a few years back. But in this in this documentary, becoming nobody, you know, like he ends up becoming this like really the well known psychologist. He's a professor in psychology at Harvard, and then you know kind of gets into psychedelics. Like you know, spends decades in India and all over the place. But like, I wonder if that thing, like that, 
that thing of like, as he talks about like kind of putting on a mask or it's like, he's putting on his, his suit of, of the psychology professor. Some of these things, it seems like are a required part of the path. You know, like if he just wouldn't have done that, like he couldn't have done that at 15 years old and just, you know, skipped over. It's like, in a way, some of these things, just like Picasso couldn't have, you know, instantly, you know, take a, take a shortcut to painting like that. They're like, everything belongs in a way, like our path in life. It's like all of this, some of these things that require a really strong ego and things like that to do are like part of the the thing it seems like yeah i would agree and i would say that there's not a standard rate at which we go through those phases and pe- people go through those at different rates and i think sometimes people will describe someone as being an old soul and i think what that is is it's someone who's been through a lot of those phases really early in life and then they they just have that air of 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 wisdom uh, about them but you know you mentioned like becoming who you were you know which is really what this quote is about becoming who you really are and you and i have spoken a few times about what what we really are because it's a very hard question to answer philosophically it's like are you are you someone that's inherently good are you someone that's inherently evil and all of these are different worldviews but i think w- one of the one of the points that you and I settled on more or less, and maybe you've changed your mind, maybe I've changed my mind, but we settled on something like what we really are fundamentally is a being intending to flourish. And so what that means is that we want to live a flourishing life. We want to reduce unnecessary suffering, we want to be okay with the suffering that is, that is necessary and inherent in life. We want, that's what we want. That's the state we want to achieve. and our path on how to get there and our perspective on how to get there, we become more wise as time goes on. So when you're a teenager and you're in a friend group, you're thinking, I need to be in this friend group in order to flourish. And that's probably true to some extent at the time, right? It's like, because obviously kids that don't have a a friend group, they aren't socialized properly. And then, you know, it it creates all these psychological issues way later on. But I think when you think about it like that as as intending to flourish, meaning intention, meaning, you know, that's what you want, but you're not always sure how to get there and you're going to make mistakes along the way, but there is still that fundamental intention. All of a sudden, I think your point makes sense that it's like sometimes there's phases you just have to get through in order for you to really at the end, and maybe not right at the end, but throughout life, you become closer and closer to becoming who you actually, actually are. Yeah. I, I sometimes question the, um, this thing of getting older and becoming wiser, uh, like back to that, uh, like part of that quote that you read, you know, maybe it's about unbecoming everything that isn't really you. I think we pick up a lot of neurotic habits a lot of unwise um, things often along the way, whether from family, culture, 
you know, just like whatever it is, navigating the world. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a crazy thing, but, but it also makes me think about like in the way of this becoming who you are. I don't know. It's so so difficult to, to answer, but I, for me, it's like hard to answer some of these things without saying like four or five different things, you know? So it's like one thing in some sort of way that I think is important would be the fact that we are constantly changing. You know, it's like we're we're never in that status of I have <laughs> I have like become who I am, period dot. Like at least to me. It uh like maybe that is the case. Maybe there is some sort of like stable enlightenment or, or, or something like that. Um, but like, that is an important thing. And it's like, even that thing of, um, say like becoming wiser, like my point of of tying that in, it's like, well, even if you have quote unquote, become wiser, (laughs) it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a day where you do some really, really unwise things. So like what, you know, what does that mean in the way of uh, like, does that mean, be, does becoming wiser mean that, you know, 80 per, 80% of the time I traditionally, you know, it's, it, it's so difficult to uh, um, like in a way, I mean, it's not, not necessarily that difficult. I don't want to like overcomplicate it, but in a way of some of these things where it's like, we're constantly changing. That project is never quite, you know, finished. Seems to be an an important ingredient in some way. Yeah, I, I would agree. Because it seems no matter how, like wisdom, you, you could say, you could make the rough case that as you become more wise, you do less foolish things, right? <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of the point. But But you can still do things that are incredibly foolish. You know, I uh, when I moved into this house, for example, two, two and a half years ago, or two years ago, actually, man, I had a, uh, I had snow come down in my driveway, and I knew what I had to do. I didn't have a shovel with me. I left it at my old place. Didn't have a shovel. Was caved in. Couldn't get out. I knew what I had to do. I had to go ask a neighbor to borrow a shovel. I went out there with like some freaking small little tool and tried to shovel it. And then eventually my neighbor came over, but you know, like so full, like what a dumb thing to do. I knew, I knew better. So like you find yourself into these, in these situations where you do foolish stuff all the time. Uh, but you know, that, that, that question, I think is one of the points I think you were trying to make there is just because you say people are inherently good. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that every single person becomes more virtuous throughout their whole life why like you mentioned socialization sometimes doesn't always work for you you know you 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 get caught up in the busyness of life there's there's toxic things that happen there's there's malevolence between people that can really throw you off guard so like what what is it that allows you to really you know hone in on that because it's not the case that people always become more virtuous as they get older, even though if we make the argument that they're inherently good. Uh, and I, I think really it gets down to what you and I talk about pretty often, which is just having having a set of values and having some kind of system about you that that you can you can measure yourself against 
because it's so easy. You and I spoke about this before we started recording, but it's so easy to get distracted by emotions and by your desires, which are not always the, the biggest priority at the moment. <laughs> 